0: Hello everybody. Welcome on the lights on data show today. We're going to talk about does the future of workplace automation look like. And to do this, so, we have here, John Derbyshire, John, you are the CEO and co-founder of SmartSuite, a no code workflow and data management platform. Welcome on our show.
1: George, it's a pleasure to be here. Looking forward to digging into this topic with you.
0: Oh, same here. Some say the future is already here. So we are already seeing some of this workplace automation, and I think there are a lot of people that are looking forward to even more. There are other people that are maybe a little bit scared of what's to come. But what do you see as the biggest trends and developments in the workplace
1: automation and the coming
0: months, in the coming years?
1: Yeah, I would say that we've been talking about this for a number of years, and it started happening maybe six or eight months ago, like to really start to come together. And from my perspective, there's two different points that are happening right now which is you're seeing no-code platforms like SmartSuite that allow any process or project to be managed on a platform to become a centerpiece of how people are managing work in a business. And the reason for that is because of part of the automation piece that you want to talk about, that it allows people, those types of platforms, not just SmartSuite, but in general, those types of platforms allow some of the routine work that's being done by people each day to be automated in a really simple way and to give them that time back that they spend each day doing that. Now, the, the hottest topic of the moment that's beginning to happen is all around AI and the use of AI mainly that I'm seeing right now to generate content inside of businesses in a way that at a speed that's never been done before. I'll, I'll give you some great examples of that. We work with a lot of marketing agencies that produce SEO type content for lots of customers. Typically, they would sit down and write a blog post, and sometimes those, a blog post is twelve to fifteen hundred words. Let's say that a really good writer could do that in three to four hours, and really fine tune that. That's pretty fast. Most time, it's mm-hmm. a day. I wrote sixty blog posts last weekend using AI and Smart Suite, that are so much better than anything I wrote in the past, or that I've hired marketers to write in the past, because I wow. feed it the information that I, on the topic that I want to write about, I tell it the tone, the link, the audience, and then it comes back with suggestions for SEO based titles. I pick from those, and then I dive into the content. I can do a blog post in about 10 minutes. I could even do it faster in some cases, but on average about 10 minutes. And that's a blog post for a lot of uh, agencies that we're spending a day or you know, half a day to create them. Mm-hmm. i pumping them out for customers much faster. That's just one example. I could give you six or seven content specific examples, but that's the trend that we're seeing across our customers is they're using AI from a content perspective first because the quality is even much better than what the really good writers were producing in the past.
0: And are you hoping something similar will be achieved within the data management
1: field? for sure so what's happening we're working with a number of customers right now on using ai to look back into workflow a workflow to me is let's say like a sales crm process that you have where you track all of your customers and contacts and opportunities leads those types of things maybe contracts you could use ai to look back into that and maybe look at all of your existing customers and contracts and give you insights into the data to tell you that maybe Eighty percent of your top customers relate to these three cohorts and have these three things in common. So, if you were going to spend marketing dollars, this would be the place to spend it. That's that's what AI is so good at: is taking vast amounts of information, summarizing it very fast in a way that you can understand, and then it allows you to ask more questions about the data that it produced or presented back to you, to a point where you can really begin to understand what do you want to go do about what the insights that were given to you. And it could be the suggestion is you need specific ads on Google to reach that particular customer base. Or it could say you need more videos that are on YouTube with LinkedIn because of the audience that you want to go after. So you can get really granular once you begin to understand the information that you're looking at.
0: So, you've had quite a vast experience at Ernest Young before, and you've worked with dozens of Fortune 100 companies. And, um, you know, I think you were mentioning that it really helped you enhance the productivity of people and teams. How do you see then this productivity that's coming up within data management change some of the existing roles that we have, some of the traditional roles that we have in that environment?
1: Yeah, I think there's a couple of different changes that I see happening there. One is, we talked about just briefly, which is on the creation of content side. Yeah. So you can do it so much faster. So you can spend more time to really understand the type of content you want to create and the reasons why And AI can generate it. Once you understand that, you know, better than maybe you could write it. But so you spend more time on kind of the understanding as opposed to the actual work of creating the content that's there. The second is on just what we talked about on the insights that, Now I can begin to look at my business as a whole and to gain insight into the business. And I, because of some of the routine tasks and things that I can automate to get done, I can spend more time focused on the customer or enhancing my business and not the day-to-day really routine manual things of when this happens, I go add an email that does this. And then I go over and change the status to this. And then somebody needs to be notified. All of those things can be automated now in five to 10 minutes. And That work is just gone. Maybe that was 30 minutes a day for somebody on your team to do that. And Mm -hmm. you're just getting that time back. So in the automation space as a whole, you see much more rich interfaces that make it easier for general users that are non-technical to know how to go in and set something up in a language that makes sense to them, as opposed to needing to write code, like you needed to do going back maybe two years ago to do that. A
0: couple of things as takeaways for me, from what you said is one, Automation doesn't always mean job displacement, but it just means, hey, you're just freeing up some time to spend on more, let's say, meaningful things that would provide greater value to the organization. And second, it feels, you know, in a way, it's democratizing all these things, as it's putting the technology into people's hands, people that don't need to have that knowledge on how to code, how to do things on their own, but now they are empowered to do it as such, and then, hey, leave things to the experts when it's, when you have to, but similar to how we had Excel 30 plus years ago, and we didn't have to do things on a sheet of paper and everybody was able to now have some accounting experience, quote unquote, as a result.
1: Yeah, there's a new term in the space that's starting to gain a lot of popularity and it's been around for 20 years, but the term is citizen developer. And what that means is that a regular citizen, just a regular person, now through no code platforms has the ability to do things that a developer did in the past. So if you understand, let's say that you're a manager of a process in an organization, yeah. but you yeah. don't know how to code, you can still implement that process the way that you want it to be implemented, just using drag and drop technology, setting up these automations. And we have, I'll tell you one interesting story. We have a customer in Italy that's a CEO of a manufacturing company, has 250, I think, employees. He purchased our product. He got so excited that he is building the processes for the company, the CEO, Mm -hmm. inside of SmartSuite. That tells you about no code because for the first time, he could take his vision and apply it to how he wants people to get work done in the business without needing to hire a development team to do that. And again, that's not just SmartSuite. That's any no code work management platform. But that's the power of what's happening right now is it's putting... it's enabling people like a CEO, even of a small company, to implement processes that they couldn't do before. Well,
0: although it sounds great and positive, is there any downside to this that you're aware of? Any risks associated with workplace automation that organizations should be aware of, and then as a result, have
1: mitigations for them? Yeah, absolutely. With all this power also comes a lot of bad processes, meaning Mm. that people jump in and they start building out the process, they get so excited, they don't take the time to step back at the beginning and think about, all right, why am I doing this process? Who's involved in the process? What is the ultimate outcome that I'm trying to get to? Sometimes you could have that whole thought process in 10 minutes, but say you're in a larger company and you have a thousand people involved in a process. Like it takes a little more time to think about who's involved and how you want the process to work and then to use a no code platform to enable that process that's there. But the process is only as good as the time that you put in to, understand the process and the outcome that you want to want to achieve and for a lot of organizations especially once you hit four to five hundred employees and above they hire consultants to do just that to think about what should the process be how should it mapped up they do flow charts and diagrams to show that and then they can quickly use a no-code platform to enable it that's there but the most important part is at the beginning where you're defining you know what you want the outcomes to be
0: and so is that your advice then for organizations to start with those processes being defined and done by humans, by people, still have the manual work workflow created and everything, but then come in and understand which ones need to be automated?
1: Yeah. I think if you're, let's say that you're a, a small, medium-sized business right now, you have existing processes That are in if you came to us as an organization and said how could smart suite help us the first question we would ask is can we just sit down for 10 minutes and understand one of the processes that you have we'll use Uh it as an example and then we'll say of all the things you just showed us these are the things we could automate that could just happen for you where you didn't have to have human intervention and here's probably some things that we heard that that we could enhance that you have, you're not even doing now. Maybe we could better notify people in Slack when priority issues come up because that's your main channel for communication in the organization. Or maybe it's an SMS message, or maybe you need to pass data to Salesforce because that's your CRM and you need information to live there. So the first part of that is just really understanding, okay, what can happen in this new world of no code? And once organizations understand that for one process, it really opens their mind to say, oh, wow, I've got three other important processes in the organization that I need to take that same approach with. And then the next question that we ask is, okay, let's put those in order of priority of what you think is most important. Let's focus on the first win so we get people to understand what is available so that when you do processes three through five, that you really understand what's possible, not just the process that you have today.
0: To add to that, do you have a set of criteria that you always follow on determining which processes should be automated?
1: Yeah. Any core business process in an organization can be automated. That's the general rule. A core process, if you can think of as sales, marketing, HR, IT, product development, software development, all of those types of things. Most tools have workflow templates around those topics that I just mentioned, mm-hmm. give you a really good starting point if you don't understand what a best-in-class workflow in that area might look like. In the case of SmartSuite, we, we try to give you a couple of options. So you could say, I want the let's get started option, right? I don't want mm-hmm. the full complex version that maybe a Fortune 100 is using. I just want to get started with just the basics. One of the first questions that I often ask once I understand the process from around somebody is, What level of complexity is important to you? Do you want to keep it simple because the team members are pretty simple and you just want them to do these things or are you more sophisticated, maybe on the sales side and you want a little more forecasting, I want to drive more into the details and have better dashboards with insights that could come out. So we'll help you guide yourself along that journey. And it's not uncommon for somebody to start towards the beginning and begin to migrate towards the middle and then ultimately end up with what we considered what we call a best-in-class process. And going back to my days at Ernst & Young, that was ingrained in me as a partner is that everything in a business at the end of the day is a process that needs to be completed. And the efficiency of that process determines typically the success of the organization that's there. So I tend to think about any conversation that I have about what's the process that we're talking about.
0: So obviously the workplace automation there's
1: a big change really involved in it within
0: the culture, within some of the roles, the process itself, of course. How can organizations really manage that transition to that more automated workplace while making sure they are benefiting from all those benefits that brings?
1: Yeah, I'm a big proponent of starting with Gen Zers and millennials. Th- those are the people that get work done in most organizations, but they're also the people that are most receptive to this type of technology that we're talking about because they've grown up with it. So it's easy to use, they just understand it. They typically don't need a lot of training. If you take somebody my age in their 50s, almost 60, and you give them the same technology that I would give somebody that's 25, there's gonna be a lot more training on my side that typically happens than the 25 year old. So it's a great place to start in your organization is with processes that involve those types of people because they're going to find they're going to understand how to automate them and the things that can be automated very quickly because they've just grown up in that world. Know,
0: so identify those early adopters that you mentioned those two gen- generations and right. I guess the, the future ones to come as well and yeah I guess they will serve as great champions too and uh, they could help train their colleagues as a result and I guess it's maybe that group mentality that, hey, you're already seeing somebody that has started to adopt that within the organization. You, as a person that might be resistant or more resistant to change, you're now getting that consensus that, okay, some other people are getting on board. Now it's time for me to jump on as well.
1: Exactly. And the no-code products like SmartSuite have built-in collaboration that lends well with those two groups as well, and that Mm. they... Those, that group of users, they not only want to be able to document the work that they're doing and be able to manage it, they want to see the work that their colleagues are actually doing. And in a lot of cases, they want to see the goals and objectives of the organization and how the work they're doing relates back up to those objectives or goals, whatever they might be. And they also like to like high five and comment. And just when things are happening in the organization, it's very different than my generation in the way that we got work done that's there. So. When you find people in that demographic, they're the perfect person to think about as the owner of kind of the no code platform behind the scenes to get things done because it makes sense. They know how to use the collaboration and they can be the champion in the organization to share with other people that might not understand that at the time. But so we find the biggest majority of our customers have millennials, Gen Zers that are, quote, the owner of the Smart Suite platform in the organization.
0: And currently, who be some of the regular users or SmartSuite? So w- within the organization, with some of the traditional roles that would be using it.
1: Yeah. So all the so w- we allow organizations to manage any type of workflows, so, and a workflow to us is any process or project in an organization. We cover thirty-five categories of workflows that are there, but the most typical are around sales, marketing, product, IT, governance, risk, and compliance human resources and that's where people generally start with the process and then what they find with no code platforms is that they're having success in one area let's say you're a marketing person and you've automated marketing processes you very quickly realize that you're doing those types of campaigns that relate to certain types of customers or even specific customers but that information lives in your sales crm so now i want to actually either pass information or linked to data that's in the accounts on the sales side and that's when work management platforms begin to shine because now you don't duplicate the data i'm just linking back to the data source so every time i add a new account everybody sees it in all the other workflows that are happening but the owner is in maybe in that case the sales CRM. so once you have start to have connected workflows where i'm sharing information between workflows That's where work management, that's why work management is so popular today is that's where it shines.
0: Thank you. So we've talked about the fact that the future of workplace automation, we are already seeing that nowadays and we understand its impact. We understand some of the benefits, some of the risks that you've addressed and how to best mitigate them. What do you see in the field of workplace automation? How do you see that evolving in the future and what should organizations be doing now to prepare for this future?
1: Yeah. The big trend that's starting to happen now is you're seeing that people are starting to adopt work management platforms in a way to come into their business to help them manage any type of process on one platform, as opposed to continuing to buy all these different point solutions that I have maybe three different products to run sales, maybe two different products that are in marketing, a completely different HR product. Those products are all great. And many times they're people are super happy with them the problem begins to happen when i onboard somebody new to the organization now i have to train them across five or six and we typically say six to eight different platforms that they need to use and then when you offboard them you've got the same problem now they're leaving and where is the data at that they did their work it's in all these places so work management allows you to begin to have all of that content in one place it's easier to onboard and offboard people at that time again I said you can think of it as almost like a business operating system where you're just building workflows and what I think is happening with the future of work is that some of these really great point solutions like a Salesforce CRM a HubSpot a Bambi on the HR people are going to be less inclined to purchase those longer term just because of those elements that I mentioned but there's also a tremendous cost savings of when I purchase six to eight different subscriptions for an employee versus one subscription, and work management is typically the same price as one of those other descriptions, and you get all of those capabilities. So now I have a really high ROI in addition to a collaborative platform that then helps me be more efficient in my business. So Hmm. that's where I, that's my personal belief of where I think SaaS software in general is headed.
0: And what do you see in the future of suite?
1: Yeah, it's been interesting at how fast our customers have asked for AI. It's like things exploded for us about six weeks ago, and people went from zero to 90 on their understanding of how to create content using AI. Just Mm -hmm. overnight, it happened. Mm -hmm. Almost every conversation that I have now has some component to how AI can help in the process that, that we're talking about with the business. Prior to that, it was all about how do we automate all the routine stuff, right? Now it's okay, we want to do that, but how can we analyze information or write new content using AI? Where I think it's headed on that side is we're just at the very beginning. You're going to start to see uses of that technology in robotics where information is being passed on to do certain tasks based on information that it's learning from inside of a work management platform where you're not going and telling it. It's looking at everything and making the decisions to go do these types of things.
0: Oh, very exciting. Thank you so much, John, for being on the Lights on Data show and putting the lights on the future of workplace automation. It's been a pleasure, George. Thank you. Oh, Likewise.